Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Happy New Year's, everyone. Wonderful starting off a new year with you. Why don't we start in prayer? Why don't you lift your hands? I felt an anointing on what Pastor Mike was saying there. Uh, Some of you have come in here today and you have diagnosis over your health, over your mental health, maybe over a loved one. Well, I have my mother here with me this weekend and she is a living, breathing testimony and trophy of God's ability to reverse a diagnosis. So maybe today you were listening to what Mike, Pastor Mike was saying and thinking, oh, sure, never gonna happen. Well, I have proof right here. My mother was diagnosed with a heart condition that took her mother's life at 42. It was a hereditary condition. And she believed God for healing. They thought she wouldn't live past her 40s and they thought she wouldn't hold her grandchildren. Not only has she held her grandchildren, she's now holding her great-grandchild completely healed and completely off all heart medication and to the point where the doctor said to you that your heart has never been more vibrant and youthful, like you have the the heart of a teenager. Incredible. Of a what? Of a 19 year old. Well, that's a teenager, so pretty good. So that song we were singing at the start of the service, it's not just something that, you know, like a fool's hope, it's a reality. All things are possible. Who knows what God will do in your life and your family this year? Just want to encourage you in your faith this morning. Awesome. Thank you, friends, for serving so beautifully. Miguel, you're incredible. One of these days you're going to have to do a Michael Jackson move too. That would just be the... God bless you. Thank you so much. You guys can take a seat for a moment. I'm not going to overshare this morning because we have a great uh, morning of ministry that we've prepared for you. And this service, the Shredder service, has an anointing all its own. But what I want to do is just give you some practical points and some wisdom as we go into this this next year. Uh, How many people would say their 2023 was maybe not what they quite were hoping it would be? Just a few of you. Okay, good. Well, you're going to be blessed by this message. For the rest of you, praise God. That's awesome. I'm glad your 2023 was incredible. The the message that the Lord gave me uh, for this morning is this, moving forward in the mess. And I was speaking with my mother on the way in here and we were just chatting and I said to her, you know, there is no, uh, in this life, in this earth, we're never going to experience perfect. Mess is a part of life. And anyone who tells you otherwise is lying to you and, and setting you up for a huge level of disappointment. That's why Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but... Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. He also said, this day has trouble enough of its own, so don't reach for an advance payment. 
Just take each day as it comes with the Lord. You're going to make it through. But I wanted to share this, this message called Moving Forward in the Mess because I think for a lot of people, you can get to the end of one year and be looking at the start of another and it feels like there are some things that are unfinished. Like you got a stone in your shoe or your shoelaces are untied and it didn't quite end the way you thought it would and you stood at on New Year's Eve 2022 with all these hopes, dreams and expectations for 2023 and it just didn't work out the way you thought it would work out. Is there anyone like that here today where it just looked a little different to how you thought it was gonna look? Well, be of good cheer because there are people that have gone before us, really good people, really God people, uh, really godly people, people who hear from God who had just that experience. So I wanna share with you from the life of the prophet Samuel today, just a few points uh, of probably what could be summed up as a horrible year for him. He was asked by God after the people repeatedly called out for a king, he was the prophet over Israel, to give the people what they wanted, give them a king. And then God revealed to the prophet Samuel that Saul was to be this king and he, and he amened his will through all these different signs. So the prophet Samuel did as God had asked him and he anointed Saul king over Israel. But I'm telling you, it was a hot mess. He was at Shredder Sunday with a lot to shred. I mean, King Saul, this was the prophet Samuel's first try at anointing a king. He was a disaster. He was everything a king shouldn't be. He was selfish. He was narcissistic. He was terribly insecure. He wanted to kill his own son because he ate honey after a battle because he was famished. I mean, the, the guy was a mess. When, when he was supposed to kill King Agag, he didn't. He spared him and in doing so, angered, angered the Lord. And God spoke to Samuel and said, I regret making Saul king and I'm going to tear the kingdom away from him and I'm going to give it to King David who is a man after my own heart. I want you to go anoint one of Jesse's sons. I'll show you which one. And, and Samuel is thinking to himself, this is, this is an HR nightmare. <laughs> king, king Saul is still in power and you want me to appoint the new guy. And the old guy is still sitting in office and has no idea what's going on. It was a hot mess. Nothing about this was looking right. This was a year full and fraught with problems. And yet in the middle of the mess, God was still speaking. God was still moving. And maybe today you're a little bit like the prophet Samuel and your year feels like it's got a whole lot of loose ends that you wish would just come together and all you're wishing and you're hoping and they haven't and you're here today and you're saying, is God still speaking? Yes. God has a plan and the plan is to move you forward even in the middle of the mess. So I wanna just bring a couple of points before we come and we shred and we release to God what we need to release to Him from this past 12 months. But as I'm speaking, I want you to grab a hold of this paper and I'm not gonna be offended at all if you're not looking at me and, and you're writing and you're taking notes as the Holy Spirit reveals to you things that He needs you to let go and leave at the foot of the cross before you enter into a new year. 
And I'm believing that even things deep within, things that you may not have even thought about, maybe things in the deep caverns of your soul that have been causing you agitation, that the Holy Spirit is gonna bring them to your remembrance and you're gonna put them on that paper. And we're gonna have shredders up here and we're gonna step forward and we're gonna release it to God. So it's a, it's a physical action with a spiritual application and consequence. So we're gonna do something very powerful and something that is actually very biblical. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah 43, it says, stop going over old history. Behold, I am doing a new thing. And, and so many of us can't capture the new thing that God wants to do because we're holding on to the old. And, and Shredder Sunday is all about getting rid of the old. Can somebody say amen, amen. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for speaking to your children that you love. So I'm gonna bring a couple of points and a couple of thoughts from the prophet Samuel's uh, story. This was his, as the queen calls it, Annas Horribilis, horrible year. This was his horrible year. Everything seemed to go wrong. But God was speaking, God was moving. So let's see what happens. The first thought that I wanna bring is this. Mourn and move on. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, starting in verse one, it says this. Now the Lord said to Samuel, so God's still speaking in the middle of the mess, okay? So for some of you who think your, your life is too messy for God to speak, wrong, because right here he's speaking. And he says to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Since I have rejected him, I have closed this door. I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. So think about that. How long will you mourn for Saul? So the inference behind that statement spoken by God is Samuel, you are, have been indulging your pain and your melancholy over this failure for too long. It's enough now. It's important for us to mourn. Bible tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes that there is a time and a season for everything under heaven. There is a time for mourning and there is a time for joy or there is a time for dancing. There is a time for weeping and then there is a time to laugh. So too many people I have found, either they do one of, one of two things. They either don't mourn at all, they shove everything under the carpet, they don't acknowledge any feelings. They don't take the time to resonate, resonate the pain they went through and how it impacted them. And then in a healthy way, release it to God and get on with their lives. Then they become robotic. They become phonies. They have to fake it till they make it, but they never make it. So they're just always faking it. Or they overindulge their pain. They make a monument out of their pain. They become emotionally... They have a, a, emotional explosions and they can't move forward and they become atrophied in life because they haven't released it to God. They're attached to this pain. They make a monument out of this pain and they're stuck. They're stuck in a moment. And God had to come to the prophet Samuel and say to him with the finger of heaven, it is enough now. There is more for you to do. 
And the word of the Lord to you today is there is more for you to do. When you mourn rightly, it actually sets into motion the next season. Now, if Samuel didn't stop from his mourning and then go and anoint David, king of Israel, Israel would have been in a hot mess. And many of us have not been able to experience the new thing, the joyous thing, the thing after God's own heart that He has for us because we haven't quit mourning. We're still in our sackcloth and our ashes and we're waiting on that apology. Guess what the prophet Samuel never got from Saul? An apology. And here you are in 2023 waiting for that same stubborn, ignorant person who doesn't even know you're upset to say sorry and they're never gonna do it. How long are you gonna mourn over that apology you didn't get? How long are you gonna mourn over that relationship that didn't work out, even though you, you did everything right? And, and the annoying, triggering thing about this story is that Samuel did everything right. God told him to anoint Saul. He was obedient. He did everything right and it still didn't turn out the way he thought it was gonna turn out. Is there anyone like that today? Or is it just me? And we know all we need to do is glance three buildings down to see that you can have the best of intentions. You can hear from God, it's time to rise and build. And for whatever reason, things don't turn out the way you thought they were gonna turn out. Should we sit down and have a pity party? Get baptised in vinegar and walk around looking like we hate life and lost our last friend? No. Just like God had to come to the man of God, He's coming to us today. The morning season is over. Rise up, move forward. I have more for you. There is another king and another season yet to enter into, but you won't experience if you're stuck in mourning. It's time to stop rehearsing it. Stop rehearsing that when you bring it up. You bring up the offences and the issues and the pain like an egg timer. Every time somebody gives you any kind of platform to speak, you're bringing it up again and bringing it up again and bringing it up again and bringing it up again. All the while you're meant to be forward in your future, experiencing what God has for you, but you can't because you're stuck in 1985. That's why we have this, this altar. It's where God alters us. So maybe today the issue is it's, it's time to forgive and let that go. I love the story of King David and I think he uh, distills down what the mourning process should look like so beautifully in the story when he lost, he lost his child. And the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 12, starting in verse 20, that King David got up from the ground after he had washed, put on lotions and changed his clothes he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went into his own house and he requested they serve him with food and he ate. And his servants were perplexed and they said, what is this that you have done? You fasted and you wept and you mourned for the child while he was still alive. But when the child died, you arose and you ate food. And he said, yes, well, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is gone, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I can't. I can't go to him, but he sh and I can go to him and one day they will be reunited in heaven, but he can't return to me. What is David saying? I can't fix this. So walking around constantly, making a lifetime movie of grief, 
when God has said it's actually just gonna be a time or a season, it's a time, not all the time, it's a time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get myself, position myself. And he actually did some physical things. He washed, he shaved, he got himself together, he put on lotions and he went about his day. For some of you, that's what the end of the morning season looks like. It's time to take off the sackcloth and the ashes and get the black stuff off your forehead and put yourself together again and go out into your life. It's time, the, the morning season is over. It's time to move on, it's time to forgive, it's time to let it go. If you have been wronged, leave it in the hands of the one who always judges fairly. If you have been betrayed by a friend, how many people have been betrayed by a friend this year? Yeah, it sucks. Leave it in the hands of the friend who sticks closer than a brother. If you have failed this year, leave it in the hands of the one who makes all things work together for good for those that love him. If you have suffered, leave it in the hands of the one who carried our pain and bore our suffering. If you have sinned, leave it in the nail-pierced hands of the one who atoned for all our sins on the cross. If you are guilty, if you're carrying shame today, leave it in the hands of the one whose mercy is new every morning. It's time to mourn, shred, and move forward. Somebody say amen, amen. The second thought that I wanna share from the prophet Samuel's life after he came out of one of the hardest years and seasons of his life is this, while things were still a little bit untidy and there was a lot of unfinished business, is to simply do what God is asking you to do. Look at this, 1 Samuel 16, starting in verse two. Samuel said, after God had said to him, I want you to go anoint one of Jesse's sons, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. I like this, God's crafty. I really like this, actually, this is good. This gives a little bit, it gives that side of God that the religious people can't handle. He's like, you know what, I got you covered. Just pretend you're going for a sacrifice, it's all good, we'll work it out. <laughs> then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You shall anoint for me the one that I name to you, not the one you pick, the one I'm picking. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. I think we have a much better chance of having a better 2024, a better year, if we simply do as the Lord says. I'll just leave that out there for a little bit. It's not complex, it's actually just, just that simple. So what do you do when your years looked unpleasant, didn't work out the way you thought it would, there's failure, there's disappointment, there's betrayal, you're facing all the things that the prophet Samuel faced. You do what the Lord says. What do you do when everything's going wrong? You do what's right. You do what the Lord says. And that's where Samuel was able to lean in and hear from God. He was a man who heard God even as a child. The Bible says that in a time where the word of the Lord was rare, that God spoke to Samuel. This was a man who knew how to position himself to hear from God. Can I encourage you? At the beginning of a new year, simply say to God, I'm gonna do everything that you're asking of me to do. And this is a very unique situation here, and many of you may face it, because what God was asking the prophet Samuel to do 
was something that he'd done before, anoint another king, but it represented a lot of fear, he was afraid, but also a lot of potential disappointment. The last time he anointed a king, it ended badly. And how many of us were like once bitten, twice shy? I don't care who's asking me, even if it's you, Lord, I'm not doing that again. Can I ask you, when God asks you to be obedient to something he's asking you to do this year, don't follow your own will in your own way, be obedient to him. Be obedient to him. When Pastor Jürgen and I were in ministry for the first seven years in New Zealand, it was, it was really unpleasant. God gave us the perfect picture of how not to do things. And sometimes God will give us the picture of how, or He'll show us the wrong way first, so we're better able to recognise the right way. And so He gave us a seven-year crash course in how not to be pastors and how not to treat people. And at the end of it, we were a little bit like the prophet Samuel in this story, where we were, we were in mourning. It, it felt like a failure. It felt our expectations for what it would look like were, were so destroyed. I, I remember thinking many times during that seven years, like, is this as good as it gets? Kind of like that Jack Nicholson movie. Is this as good as it gets? And at the end of our seven-year tenure, when we felt God's death sentence on that season in New Zealand, like it's over, my husband, who is a man of God and is a minister through and through, said to me, you know, we're going we're gonna to leave the ministry. We're just going to sit in church. We're going to attend church. Of course, we're going to attend church. But we're, we're going to go into the marketplace. I'm sick of being poor. I'm sick of being hated. I, I'm, I'm sick of being treated badly. So we're going to go into, market, into the marketplace. I'm going to become a real estate agent. Now, he would have been a darn good real estate agent. But thank God for a man of God who came to him and said, Jürgen, you're not called to be a real estate agent. You're not called to be in the marketplace. You're a pastor. Go again. But I know that it represents some fear. I know that it represents some pain. I know that it represents some disappointment. But you're a pastor. You're a minister. Go anoint Jesse's son, the Bethlehemite. I will show you what to do. Go again, go again, go again. So what is God asking you to do in 2024 that maybe represents some pain? Because you did it once before and you got burned or you got disappointed or you felt like you failed, but God's saying, go again. Be obedient to what He's asking you to do. I think there are a couple of things, a couple of areas in our life that God will have to consistently bring up and He constantly talks about. One of them is forgiveness, the other is prayer. Jesus spoke about forgiveness a lot and made like it kind of made the headlines of a lot of his messages in one way or another. And he, he spoke about it with Peter. Remember, Peter comes to him and Peter says to him, how often should I forgive my brother who sinned against me? Seven times. And you just know Peter is like just, he's trying to be like the class favorite, like the class pet, thinking when I say seven times, Jesus is gonna be so impressed. He's gonna get out his gold star, put it on my forehead and go, you da man. But Peter come, uh, excuse me, Jesus comes back to Peter and says, no, Peter, not seven times. If you wanna live on planet Earth with other humans, then you're gonna have to forgive, not seven times, but 70 times seven. How many people here, what God is asking you to do is forgive again? But what if they're still a jerk? No matter, forgive again. 
But what if they never said sorry? Doesn't matter. Forgive again. Doesn't mean you pull them back into your life and make them your bosom buddy. But it means the obligation is to do again what God is asking us to do. Or what about the things that you were praying for, but it felt like your prayers weren't answered? Well, they got answered differently to the way you hoped they would, or they haven't been answered at all. And you're like, I'm done with praying. Well, that's why Jesus consistently said, I want you to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. The inference is you're gonna have to do it more than once. I say that the kingdom of God is a lot like the gym. All reps matter. And we would, we would, of course, there's no way we'd go to the gym and do one curl and expect to look like Popeye or Arnold Schwarzenegger at the end. It's a lifestyle of consistent repping, of curling, of going in there and getting your sweat on in order to re- reach the desired result. That's how it is with God. What is God asking you to do? Amen, Leanne. Amen. <laughs> And I wish, I wish that more often my will would align with God's. And it happens every now and then, and it's awesome. But quite often, it's like what Jesus said before he went to the cross. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And God's asked me to do a lot of things that I wasn't fond of, things that I didn't wanna do, but I have never, ever regretted obeying him. God wants obedience over sacrifice. And maybe your next year will look a little different if you do a little less of what you want and a little more of what he wants. It's what Jesus said. If any man or woman wants to be my disciple, they need to deny themselves. And we're not good at denying ourselves, are we? Especially in America. But it's actually something that the Lord is requiring of us. And I really believe it will really shift and change the way your next year looks. And then finally, and I'm gonna ask the band to come before we go into a time of prayer. Learn to see as God sees and you won't miss what God has. This is a powerful principle and it's one that I love preaching to you as your pastor. Because we're gonna have a lot of people coming up here at the end of service with a lot of things to shred. But believe me when I tell you, and I'm not saying this to condemn anybody, I'm saying this because I want your life to be better, not worse. That if you learn to discern what God is in, and you learn to discern how to see as God sees, you will have a lot less to shred next year. So think about it. If you go back with me, a little bit of backstory in this story in 1 Samuel chapter number eight, Israel cried out for a king. We want a king, we want a king. We're the only nation without a king. Give us a king, give us a king. And Samuel was ticked off and God was ticked off, but they persisted. They wanted what they wanted. So in the end, God gave them over and said, all right, give them a king. They said, we wanna be like all the other nations. Really? You're Israel. You wanna be like all the other nations? We wanna be like everybody else. How many things are we shredding today simply because we wanted to be like everybody else? Ooh, I need that Mercedes and here you are with the payments. (laughs) Oh, I wanna be like everybody else. I need a boyfriend, a husband, I need, I need, I need. And here are you, the heartbreak of that guy who you thought he was a Christian, he wasn't really going. My job as a pastor is to get you to the place where you have as little to shred as possible. Now we're all gonna have something because we live on the wrong side of eternity. 
but live in such a way as you have as little to shred as possible. How many of us are actually guilty of the same crime that Israel was, where they're in a mess because they wanted something that they really shouldn't have? We wanna be like all the other nations. We wanna be like all the other people. Why? You're not like everybody else. You're different. You're special. You got God, you got the prophet Samuel, that's all you need. No, we wanna be like everybody else. Learn to see as God sees and you won't miss what God has. This is powerful, look at this. First Samuel chapter 16, verse six. So it was when they came, this is Samuel, that he looked at Eliab. So the prophet Samuel is looking at Eliab, he's getting ready to anoint one of Jesse's sons. And he says, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as a man sees. For man looks on the external. Man is bamboozled by all the words, but they don't look at the fruit. But I look at the heart. So what's he doing? He's teaching the prophet Samuel a powerful lesson. He's saying, remember last time when I asked you to anoint Saul, it was actually all part of my plan because I wanted you to show to show you the wrong way, the false way, the phony way before I introduce you to the right way. He's like, uh-huh. Okay, do you remember what I said about Saul when we anointed him? There was nothing said about his character. And he was a virtuous man and he had a character like none other. Didn't say any of that. Said he was head and shoulders. Oh, he was tall. Oh, he was the most best looking in all the tribes. He stood out in the physical, but on the inside, he was corrupt. I pray in 2024, more than anything, you get the discernment of the Holy Spirit to know the difference between the Saul and the David. Too many bamboozled because they get mesmerized by all the sparkly things. All that glitters is not gold. Wait on the Lord. Do you know? that the prophet Samuel had to watch a parade of seven of Jesse's sons and say no to all of them. David at this point wasn't in sight. He was out in the back box, but he had the patience and the wisdom to wait on God. Is God in this? How different would your have last year looked if you waited to see is God in this? Or were you mesmerized by all the little sparkly things? Oh, God wants your next year to be so much better than that. So you're not standing up here in tears, shredding, shredding, shredding as much as you'd normally shred because you learn to hear from God. What is God in? What is God in? Too many Christians bamboozle. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, those who hasten to be rich will not go unpunished. Learn to wait on the nod from God. So Jesse brings in his seven sons. He's conveniently left David, who was a little bit ashamed of out tending to the sheep. And Samuel has the patience and he's learned the lessons from God. He's listening to God and God is speaking to him as he's, as he's looking at each one. And he looks at Eliab, oh, this has gotta be him. But God speaks and says, nope, not him. And then he goes through a parade of seven sons. God's nod is not on any of them. Now he doesn't go, well, geez. God sent me out here, I have to make a decision. I guess near enough is good enough, I'll just pick that one. And you know, how many people have done that in relationships and then lived to regret it? And now you're down here, shredding away. So he waits and he says, God's not in any of this. So I know there's something more and I'm willing to wait until we get there. 
And he says to the people, we're not sitting down until this other guy comes in, but I'm gonna wait. I'm not gonna be hasty. I'm not gonna give my prophetic anointing or align my gifting to anything that is not of you, God. I'm doing things different this time. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? It's gonna be a whole new era. When you do it with God, it's completely different. So we can take a lesson from the life of the prophet Samuel, who really did everything right. But in the end, you know, living in a world where bad things happen to good people, he had to learn to navigate his way through a messy year. I believe right now that God is speaking to us. This is a prophetic message for this campus. I'd love it if you'd stand to your feet. This year, take the time to wait on God. I wanna put a challenge out to you. It's not an Awakened Church challenge, it's a Pastor Leanne challenge. At the start of this year, if you felt like you were taken advantage of a lot last year, here's your mission and mandate for this new year. You're gonna read through Proverbs. Read through Proverbs, it's the book of wisdom. And that way you're gonna see, you're gonna see in there, oh, don't go surety for a stranger, tick. And you're walking through your week, Hey, I'm a stranger, will you go surety for me? Um, no, I just read that, negatory, not happening. You see that wisdom, will God wants to get wisdom to you. The Bible says that wisdom is shouting from the streets. God's not trying to hide Himself from you. He's not trying to be elusive and hold back His wisdom and just meet it out in little portions. The Bible says wisdom is shouting. God has wisdom for your 2024. Your 2024 will have more not just because you declare it to be so, but when you align your will with God's will, you listen to hear His voice, to listen, you listen to hear His voice and obey what He's asking you to do. Somebody give God a huge shout of praise. Amen, amen. That's enough for everybody to chew on. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I thank You for this incredible, incredible church family full of people that You love. Holy Spirit, I thank You that You're speaking, You're bringing to remembrance things that are maybe locked away deep that have been buried, or maybe things that have been overindulged. And You're saying to these ones today, it's enough now, it's time to stop it with the morning. It's time to rise up and move on. Father, give them the courage to do what You're asking them to do today. And more than anything, Father, this year I pray for eyes to see. Eyes to see as the Lord sees to be able to say, this one is with God, this one is not. This one is in truth, this one represents a lie. The ability to be able to discern the difference between truth and lies, light and darkness, good and evil. Father, I thank You right now for a fresh outpouring of that over this group of people. And in that, I hear the Lord saying, for this group, that He is going to repay what the enemy stole. Here's, what, here's a prophetic word. You guys, some of you need to write this down. God is gonna pay your school fees. Last year was a lesson. You went to the school of hard knocks. You went to the school of faith. But if you trust in Him, lean in Him, God's saying, I'm gonna pay your school fees. School fees. I'm gonna repay what the devil stole. That's a word for someone today. You grab it if you need that one. And right now, we're gonna just take some time to hear from God, write those things down, and then Pastor Mike is going to lead us forward into this final ministry part. God bless you, everyone. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, 
For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.